Come on, clap your hands to the Lord for he's worthy. Come on, can we do a little bit better than that? Come on, clap your hands to the Lord. Be louder than you clapped them all night. I feel his presence in this place. Turn to your neighbor, tell him we're going to have fun tonight. If you just come to hang out, you're going to get uncomfortable in a minute. We're going to have fun tonight, all right? Is everybody all right with that? Huh? Everybody okay with that? I'm sorry, Old Miss lost, but we can still have church, amen? I thought we were going to do it, Brother Voskis. I was calling upon the name of Jesus, and I thought it was going to happen. But uh, here we are, amen? I told a few folks, I said, man, we're going to have good church when they beat them. And I had to ride over here and tell myself, we're still going to have good church, amen? Amen. I, I remember growing up, grew up in Athens, University of Georgia was. If Georgia lost on Saturday, we needed a special anointing on Sunday. You know, it was just one of them things. But if they won, you know, you could preach about anything. You know, you just, you know, ham sandwich, everybody jumping from, you know, wall to wall. You're just excited. So, but I'm excited to be here tonight. We're going to Luke chapter 17. And uh, we're going to read a, a story there. <laughs> God's good to us. Amen. I don't know where I'd be without the church. I don't know where I'd be without goodness and the mercy of God. I'm thankful to be here. I send the regards of my wife, my family. I miss them this weekend, but they send their love and support, wishing they could be here this weekend. I give honor to all your leadership, to Brother Voskis, Brother Hughes, Brother Smith, this entire great district. Why don't you give them all a big hand? It's a wonderful, wonderful church, wonderful body. I like pineapple. I like pineapple, especially when they slice it and put it on a piece of, you know, chicken or ribeye with some teriyaki sauce on top of it. You know, my my my, huh? Little pineapple. Anybody know that pineapple? Nowadays, you could run down the grocery store and get one for a couple dollars. But when the pineapple was first brought over by Christopher Columbus back to Europe. They paid $8,000 for the first one. They'd never seen nothing like it. He said, it looks like a pine cone, but it kind of has the texture on the inside like an apple, so we'll call it a pine apple. So therefore, they, they said, we, we aren't going to eat this thing. We're not going to do anything with it. We'll just take it and set it over here. And it was like this prestigious, luxurious thing that we would put that you would know that we're wealthy if you come into our home, there's a pineapple there. Huh? So could you imagine if we could rewind back and bring in some of those European wealthy folks, walk them into the Walmarts down there, and look over there and see, is that a pineapple? Not just one, but two, but there's a pile of them over there, right? All you got to do is just grab one up by its, you know, its big leaves coming out the top and go over there and check out. It might cost you a couple bucks, you know. Can't even get a gallon of gas for what it costs for a pineapple. I began to think about that a while back, and I thought, I wonder if that's the way it is. If we were to travel back and we were to bring Peter in to an apostolic church. To bring 
one of the pioneers of Pentecost in who didn't sit on plush pews, who didn't drive in nice cars, who didn't put on this nice suit and tie. They got to pick thumb through the dresses, you know, come in and to think that some young folks could gather nice sound system and lights and an LED wall. Not one in the youth group, but a hundred kids gathered in on a Saturday night to worship the Lord. Just how mind-blown they would be at how little the cost. How privileged you are as Pentecostals to stand here tonight together. I don't ever want to lose the value the house of God, the presence of God, what it costs to get here. There, there's, there's, there's still such a value. That I understand today that you can, you can come in very easily and you can choose perhaps even from church to church to find gospel, to find good gospel truth and good singing and good preaching just within just a few hours in the United States today of each other. But ultimately, it costs us something to be standing here, and I never want to be I never want to just go through the motions. I never just want to come in and just, just say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm here just checking off the attendance list. I'm, I'm here tonight to make sure that I get something from God. And whatever God has for me, I'm surrendered completely to it. Amen? Luke 17 and verse number 11 says, It came to pass as he went into Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered into a certain village, there he met ten men that were lepers. And they stood afar off as a leper would, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And he saw them. He said to them, Go, show yourself to the priest. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, as he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. For he was a Samaritan. And Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? There are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. And he said to them, Arise. Unto him, Arise, go thy way. Thy faith has made thee whole. A very familiar story here in the Gospel of Luke. But I want to preach to you for just a few moments. The revival in the returning. The revival in the returning. If you lay your Bibles down, you lift up your voice and help me for a moment. Would you pray? Come on, would you pray your own prayer just asking God to touch your life tonight? God, I thank you. you believe what you're praying, would you just lift up a, vow, a shout of praise and clap your hands to him. God, we lift you up in this place tonight. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, you're so good to us. You can be seated in this place tonight. The revival in the returning. 
hear the story here of Jesus passing by the midst of Samaria and, and Galilee, and he enters into this certain village, and there's ten men. Everybody say ten men. Ten men. Ten men. And the Bible tells us in our study that there were nine Jews and one Samaritan. Leprosy is a type of sin in the Bible. It's an analogy that we could use very simple, simply throughout the Bible that lepers were not a part of society due to their condition. But they knew enough about uh, Jesus. They perhaps had heard enough to be able to call out Master, to show uh, they, they, they knew enough about that, 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 uh, Jesus and heard some, that they, they, they begin to cry, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus responds with simply, go show yourself to the priest. We see this, that this is, a, uh, this, is, this is a powerful moment that he says, when you go show yourself to the priest, and as they went, because they were obedient, they were cleansed, the Bible says. As they were going in obedience, they were cleansed. But there was this stranger, the Bible says, the, there was this Samaritan, probably just called out master perhaps because everyone else was calling out, but Ultimately, this Samaritan decides to return unto Jesus and say thank you. This is from what we can gather here in the first time in the Jewish law of the Levitical priesthood that's spelled out for us in the Old Testament, Leviticus 14 and actually Leviticus 13 as well. If you want to study it or look at it, I know that's something you like to do is study Levitical law on the weekends. But Leviticus 14 and 2, there's a man named Naaman that's healed of leprosy in 2 Kings, but he was not a Jew. But this uh, man named Jesus comes into town and, and the priest now has an overwhelming amount of lepers showing up. The, the, the way that it happens is he says, go thy way, be cleansed. They knew that they had to go to the priest, and the priest had to pronounce them clean before they could go back and see their kids that they haven't seen since they were pronounced lepers. To go back into the community, to go back from the outskirts of town to the center of town, to be able to conduct business, to be able to go back and be who they had been before they had this, this terrible disease of leprosy. So they immediately, as Jesus said, go thy way. Go show yourself to the priest. They knew the priest is my way back in. And so they begin to make their way. And we see here that there, there's now a priest standing there with an overwhelming amount of lepers. And perhaps in all of his priestly duties and all of his years of service, he's never had to do this. There's a possibility that he had to pull out the scrolls and knock the dust off of them to read through and see how exactly am I supposed to go through this protocol of releasing these lepers back into the community. So these nine head anxiously to the priest as any of us would who've been on the outskirts of town, haven't been involved in the community, having to wave at our children from a distance, having to wave at family from a distance. These Jews, the ones who knew the stories, the power of God, knew to call him master. Could we liken them to the church people tonight? Even a Jew who had leprosy would have been considered blessed. Even a Jew who was on the outskirts of town would have been blessed because they knew the law, they knew about God. So we see here, there's some things. If anyone is going to be a returner, it ought to be the church. If anyone's going to be a returner to God, it ought to be the people in the room who know 
that greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. This you that ought to, ought to know that's been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost that's seen and, and watched God move and work over the years. If anyone is going to be a returner today, it ought to be the Pentecostal, apostolic, one God. If anybody ought to return and give thanks, it ought to be us. Amen? After all, you can't. You, 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 don't, you don't get worship without, the, he says, those that worship must worship in spirit and in truth. We understand that all of that comes down to the day of Pentecost. There's no other form of worship in the Bible but Pentecostal worship, amen? So if anybody ought to be worshipers, if anybody ought to be returners, if anybody ought to be running the aisle, if anybody ought to be dancing, if anybody ought to be lifting up their voice, if anybody ought to be able... It ought to be us, amen? I want to be a returner. There's a revival. There's a revolution. There is a move when we return thanks unto God, amen? Here's the thing. There was simply one who was a returner. He was the, 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 the very one. That it, it, don't, it doesn't make sense because I, I, can't, I can't help but put myself in the shoes of the nine and the one. To think that there's not for one moment that I would consider them to just be jerks, unthankful, ungrateful, nine. There's no doubt in my mind they were grateful. There's no doubt in my mind that there was this sense, this overwhelming gratitude, this thankfulness, this 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 just they, they couldn't even express themselves, I'm sure. And ultimately they find themselves so anxious to get back into society, so anxious to get back to mama, so anxious to get back to the kids, so anxious to get back into a place where they used to be, that they forget the person that just cleansed them. So here's the principle I'd like to bring to you as point one this evening is that no matter how much gratitude is in your heart, and no matter how much you feel and know about God. Unexpressed gratitude is unthankfulness. If it's unexpressed, it's unknown. Were they thankful? Absolutely. You could not have been a leper sitting on the outside of town and your limbs uh, literally shriveling up uh, day by day, becoming less and less with value of life, and all of a sudden a man named Jesus walks by and says, Be cleansed. Make your way to the priest. Get your life back. There's got to be something that overwhelms the inside of them, but there wasn't enough there for some reason to go back and to be, to be grateful to the one that just cleansed them. So we see here that this is, this is, this is throughout the entire Bible. You will never, I'm here to, 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 to kind of rock your world a, little, world a little bit, that God is not okay with partial participation. He's not okay with you being more passionate about the things of this world than the things of God. Unexpressed is unknown. There will always be an outward evidence of an inward feeling. You say, well, I just am not very emotional. No, you don't have enough inside of you that's charging you up that causes you to have some kind of form that says, oh, I can't handle myself. It's like fire. Shut up in my... You're not fooling anybody. You ain't fooling nobody. Jesus can't get you to stand on your feet. The blood and the, the preaching of the gospel that you claim is going to put you into heaven and brought you out of darkness into this marvelous light, but he can't even get a hand clap. He can't even get a little two-step. But here you are on TikTok. 
Jesus can't get a wave of a hand, but you lost your ever-loving mind when they scored a touchdown two hours ago. You ain't fooling nobody. If you can't worship in here, if you can't pray in here, if you can't do it when there's 150 other folks in here doing it, you're not serving him when you're all by yourself. You're not lifting him up when you're driving down the road. You're not lifting him up when you're sitting in a room all by yourself. You've got to realize there's an outward expression of an inward feeling. There's always an outward sign of the promise. There's going to be some expression that's got to be made known unto God to show him that I love him. I'm thankful that he died for me. I can't just sit back and act like, oh, well, you know, Lord. Jesus, I just, oh, I think good thoughts and I, I meditate on you. And he didn't meditate you into this place. If he could have thought you into heaven, he would have done it. But he came and he bled and he died and he put his feet on this earth and he took scars in his side and he took a crown of thorns in his head so that you could sit back. Oh, I love Jesus. I claim him. No, there's an outward expression that ought to overwhelm everybody when we start thinking about the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for me. I can't hold back my praise. The church folks sit back and let the Samaritan didn't know anything about Jesus. And Jesus says, hey, where's the church? Where are the nine? Where's the folks that know how good I am, huh? Oh, it's just, it's just, it's, it's not, it's, it's not necessarily, Lord, that we don't, we don't care. We just, uh, we're trying to get back into the community. We've got, we, we're trying to get back to our wives. We're trying to get back to our kids. We're thankful for what you've done, but I, I thought you knew that because you said you knew the intentions of our heart. Huh? Huh? How do you know I love you? How do you know I care about you? Huh? You, you know, I, I wouldn't be married today. If I just told my wife when we were dating, honey, now I'm going to tell you one time, I love you. All right? You better hold on to that. Because if I tell you once, I'm a man of my word, brother. Brother Weir, and I need you to hold on to that. I shouldn't have to tell you every day. I shouldn't have to open the car door for you. I shouldn't have to come in, take out the trash, and tell you how beautiful you look. I shouldn't have to do any of those things. You say, that don't make no sense, and you're going to be single. Huh? And some of you boys need to take note. But some of us, for some reason, with Jesus, we feel like we made our way down to an altar one Sunday morning. We prayed a prayer and asked God to forgive us. We got in the water and were baptized. He's filled us with the gift of the Holy Ghost, and we ain't spoken tongues since. Because I thought there was just a one time. No. He needs to know today. Why does he need to know today? Oh, by the way, his mercy's new today. So he deserves a fresh praise today. I don't get new moves. I don't get a fresh move of God on some stale going through the motions praise. I've come with something for him tonight. Why? Because he's got something new for you tonight. I can tell already I ain't going to get done. Let's, ju let's jump along. Let's jump along. Luke 17. Or Luke 7. 
Let's do this. These, 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 score, these stories correlate. In fact, musicians, come on, I'll let you help me. You've been wanting to play shout beat all weekend. I'm going to let you do it. Luke 7, verse number 36. Luke 7, verse number 36. I want you to read this story with me because this tells the same story but a different angle. And one of the Pharisees desired him that he would eat with him. And he went into the Pharisee's house and sat down with, to meet. And behold, a woman in the city, which was a sinner. Everybody say a sinner. And she knew that Jesus sat with the Pharisees in the Pharisee's house. And she brought an alabaster box of ointment. She stood at his feet behind him weeping and began to wash his feet with her tears. And she began to wipe his, his feet with her hair and she, she kissed his feet and she anointed them with ointment. And now when the Pharisees which had bidden him saw it, spake within himself. You know those people. Kind of said under their, under their voice, what are they doing here? Are they at the altar again, huh? Why are they praising? Why are they worshiping? I know what they did last night. I know what they have done. And, and they begin to say within themselves, what's she doing here? And if he was a prophet, he would have known of what manner this woman is that touches him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to them, Simon, I've got something to say to you. And he said, Master, say on, there is a certain creditor which had owed two debtors. The one owed 500 pence and the other 50. And when they had nothing to pay, he frankly forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him most? Simon answered and said, I suppose he that whom he forgave the most. And he said unto him, Thou hast rightly judged. And he turned to the woman and said unto Simon, you get, you get that? He turned to the woman, but he spoke to Simon. He turned to the sinner, but he spoke to the church. He turned to the one who was not supposed to be there, but spoke to the folks who thought they were entitled to be there. And he says, I entered in thy house, and you gave me no water for my feet, but she's washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hairs of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has kissed the, 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 she has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I, she's come in. My head, you didn't anoint with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with ointment. Wherefore I say unto thee, in her sins, which are many, are forgiven. But she loved much, but to whom little is forgiven, has the same loveth little. And he said unto her, thy sins are forgiven. And they that sat at meat and be, uh, with him began to say within themselves again, because they won't say it out loud, who is this that forgiveth sins also? And he said to the woman, thy faith has saved thee. Go in peace. You understand there's a protocol to the party. Simon, you're going to throw a party. You've got, you got to know what you're doing. Yeah. I'm not a good party thrower. My wife is. She gets mad at me. I can have a party. Pizza and canned drinks, we're good. Yeah. We don't even need plates, napkins, nothing of that sort. We just we tear the pizza box apart and spread it out, you know. <laughs> you lick your fingers. We're good. I'm not good at throwing a party. She's got the plates, the matching this. She's got Cameron over there making a balloon arch. We've got all things, the knives, the forks, the multiple knives. Why you need multiple pieces of silverware, I don't know. But there's protocol to a party. There's protocol to a party here in, 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 in this day. When you come in, there's somebody standing there, specifically the, the, the party host, it should have been Simon, who the minute when Jesus walked in would have washed his feet, kissed his hand, and anointed his head. Why? Because that's what you do when you bring people into a party, but specifically the man named Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. But Simon, 
was too worried about all his Pharisees. Simon was too worried about who else was in the room to take care of the man who he really wanted to be in the room with. But there was a woman who come in. And if you can imagine that day, they weren't sitting at a table. They would have been sitting around like this right here having a conversation which would have been very awkward, I'm sure. And the woman comes in and I can imagine her beginning already uncomfortable knowing she just barges in and she sees the feet of Jesus. They've not been washed. And she takes the one thing of value she has and she pours it over. She begins to weep. Point of the story, we'll get there right here. I don't want anybody to have to come in off the streets to remind me how I'm supposed to treat Jesus. I don't want somebody to have to come in that reminds me of where the Lord has brought me from. I don't want somebody to have to come in and to remind me that each and every moment that I come into the house of God, that I ought to be grateful that I'm not where my sin and my carnality and my flesh would have. There go I if it wasn't for a church service on a Sunday night when God filled me with the gift of the Holy Ghost. I I don't know about you, but... I've come tonight not to just go through the motions. I've come to kiss his hand. I've come to anoint his head. I've come to wash his feet. I've come to do whatever you feel like that he deserves. To... Oh, I wish you'd just praise him for a moment. Come on, before we close out here in just a minute, I wish you'd just take a moment right now. Would you lift your hands and would you lift your voice? And would you give God what you feel like he's deserving of? Come on, there's an outward expression that we ought to give him tonight. There's something that ought to swell up inside of you when you think of the goodness of Jesus and all that he's done for you. Ah. Oh, I feel his presence in this place. I feel his presence in this place. He deserves it tonight. He deserves any and everything we can give him. Some of you are thinking, man, these these folks that get to dance and these folks that get to run and these folks that get to shout and get to rolling around on the floor, they're crazy. You ever tried it? There's something that swells up inside of you when you do something you've never done. There's this new, he says, there's something that I want to spring forth in you. Are you ready to receive it? We've talked about it the past two times together. Ultimately, it comes down to what do you want out of this service? You walked in, you get to see, you get to experience exactly what you're going to put into it. If you're willing to do something that you've never done, guess what? God's going to do something he's never done. If I'll do what I can do, God will do what only he can do. Amen? Are are you with me tonight? And I know I say, well, it's a little bit uncomfortable. Ultimately, Jesus, David refers to it, this term called perfecting praise. Perfecting praise. How do you perfect praise? Perfecting praise is this. From what I can gather through the scriptures, from what I can gather through what God tells us is that it's not that I lift my hands to a certain height and that's the perfect spot. There's not a certain volume or decibel that I want to get to with my mouth that says, 
that's the perfect decibel that God hears and that's the perfect phrase or that I run around the church three times and something happens. No. Perfecting praise is determining what you walked in here with that you are so stinking frustrated. What you walked in here with and you feel a certain way or you're dealing with a certain thing and the most foolish thing you can do is just clap your hands because the person next to you is clapping your hands. Because ultimately... Just like I carry my own cross, I've got to praise him in my own way. So here in just a moment, here in just a moment, we're going, to lift, we're going to lift up a shout in this place. And I want you to close your eyes when we do here in just a moment. And I want you to obey God and whatever God tells you to do, I want you to, in obedience, you can be cleansed. But as a returner, he was made whole. You catch that? The nine didn't come back, therefore they were just cleansed. That means if they walked to the left, to, to the priest, and they didn't have but half an arm. They just went on their life without the rest of their arm. But that returner, whatever he was missing, whatever problems he had, he was made whole. There's always another level for those that are willing to be a returner. There's a revival, but there's also a revelation for you if you're willing to do something just a little bit more than what you did last time. That you go a little bit beyond what you did last Sunday. So I wish you would tilt your head back. And I wish you'd lift your hands to heaven right now. And if you are committed to stand strong in this place, well, on every word that's been spoken, every word that's been preached from last night to this morning to tonight, if you believe those things and you believe God is for you and believe God can do exceedingly and abundantly and above anything that you could think or ask or hope for in this room, I wish you would respond right now with your voice. And whatever God speaks to you, I wish you would begin to dance if he tells you to dance. If you're weary, run. That you not be weary. If you need joy, I wish you'd leap for it. If you need a turnaround, you can dance your way out of a... Oh, I feel it coming on. I feel the presence of the Lord. I feel him because he inhabits the praises of his people. He inhabits the praises of his people. Oh, I wish you'd help me. Come on, would you just stomp your feet like that right there? Come on, let the devil know in this place. I'm not the same person. I came in one way, but I'm going to leave another way. Come on, close your eyes right now and let the Lord touch you. you go they could sing naturally what happens in a Pentecostal apostolic church many times when they start singing you stop praying they start singing and I love singing I love worship I love all the things but you need something from God tonight 
Every single person in this place, young and old, needs something from God tonight. Why? Because he said it's a new day and I've got something for you. And so you wouldn't be here tonight if he didn't have something for you. You wouldn't be breathing tonight if he didn't have something for you. So I believe very strongly tonight that if we could have 100% participation for just a few moments, that we could shake the foundation of hell in this room, that there is a dark, dark attack against this generation. And I believe that there could be a beam that would come down right here in this place, that we would let heaven know how serious we are. We'd let hell know how serious we are. How long's it been since we've had a little march around the church? How long's it been since somebody lost Huh? Loosened up your tie, took your jacket off a little bit, and said, Hey, I'm gonna give God something I've never given him before. Oh, I wish there was a young lady that say, I, I don't care what you do, but I'm gonna praise him tonight. There's a young man that said, Hey, this is the first time, but I believe God's got something special for me.
to give you something real quick. My favorite, one of my favorite verses. I have to withdraw myself sometimes from preaching against the devil. I'm really competitive. So anytime I can knock the devil in the jaw and lift up Jesus, I'm all about it. One of my favorite verses, Carter, you care to help me real quick? One of my favorite verses, it says, Brother Weir says, let my adversary be clothed with my infirmity. So he says, I'll give you a garment of praise for your spirit of heaviness. So some of you in this room, I want you to understand what's happening. When you begin to worship God, Carter, you're going to be the devil. You all right with that? He's not a bad kid. He's just going to play the role for a second. So when I begin to worship, he said, I'll give you a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. So when I begin to praise, heaviness, fear, anxiety, oh, depression, young lady, frustration, young man, rebellion, young person. Oh, but here's what you got to see. That's all well and good. But he said, my adversary, you hold it. My adversary gets clothed with my infirmities. He said, I'll crush him under my feet. Then as I take off my weariness, you hold that for a little while. You feel that for a little while. You, you carry what you've been trying to throw on me. Oh, I wish you'd praise him. Come on, let the devil know. Come on, let your adversary know.
Would you all across this place right now, would you lift your hands to heaven and would you feel what the Lord's about to do in this room right now? Holy Ghost, receive it right now in the name of Jesus. If you need a renewing of the gift of the Holy Ghost, receive it right now in the name of Jesus. There's an outward evidence of what you feel in this room right now. Nobody looking around. Nobody going through the motions. Find somebody to pray for. Find somebody to link up with and lift up your praise. Come on, if you got the Holy Ghost, I wish you'd let it flow out of you right now. If you've got the Holy Ghost, I wish you'd speak in it right now. a sovereign move of the Holy Ghost right now. If you will just step into it, the Lord wants to touch you. The Lord wants to renew you right now. The Lord wants to touch what was broken and make it whole. God wants to heal somebody right now in the name of Jesus.
There are rivers of living water flowing in this house right now. Rivers, rivers, rivers of living water flowing all through the room. Why don't you catch a flow right now? Why don't you catch a flow right now? Get into the flow. Oh, there's rivers of life, rivers of healing right now, rivers of deliverance, rivers of salvation. Let it flow to you. Get in the flow right now. Let it flow your way. Let it flow towards you. Come on, step into it right now. Don't miss out what God has right now. If you've got the Holy Ghost tonight, I want you to begin to pray in the Spirit right now. You are a well. Within you is a well of living water. And as you let it flow out, the Bible says, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. Let it flow out. Open up that well. If it's been a long time since you've received the Holy Ghost, a long time since you've spoken in tongues, right now, why don't you let that well break open? I say prophetically unto that well, spring up, oh well. Even as they did in the days of Moses, I say unto the well, spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Break open, burst open now in Jesus' name. I command whatever blockages it is that's holding it back to break open now. Whatever's holding you back from receiving the Holy Ghost, I command that thing to break open now. Spring up, oh well. Spring up, oh well. Some of you might need to dig a little bit. Some of you might need to dig a little bit for that well to break open. You might need to get your shovel out and dig a little bit. Dig some dirt out. Dig some bitterness out. Dig some depression out. Dig some, some hurts out of, your, of that well so that the well can flow freely right now. Come on, you got trash in your wells. You need to dig it up right now. Let it flow in the room. Let it flow in the room. Let it flow out of yourself. Out of your belly shall flow. Let it flow from the innermost being. Hallelujah. Let it flow right now. Let rivers of peace come. Let rivers of peace come. Let rivers of peace flow in your life now. You've been living in turmoil. You've been living in depression and worry and anxiety. Let it flow now. Let peace flow. Let joy flow right now. 
You can go out of this place in peace tonight. You can go out of this place in joy tonight. You can go out of this place delivered and set free tonight. You don't have to leave here the same way you came. Let the rivers of living water flow now. Let it flow, let it flow. Some of you have stepped into the river, but you've stepped in ankle deep. It's time to go deeper. Some of you have stepped into the river, but you've stepped in knee deep. But it's time to go deeper. Some of you have stepped into the river and you stepped in waist deep. But it's time to go deeper. It's time to go so deep that the river is over your head. It's waters to swim in. Waters where you can only trust the flow of the Spirit. No longer can you trust your own flesh to guide you. Your own legs to carry you. But you got to be carried by the Holy Ghost. I wish we would go a little bit deeper right now. I wish we would go a little bit deeper right now. Lift your hands and catch that wave of the Spirit. Catch that flow of the Spirit right now. There's no limit to how deep you can go in the Holy Ghost. His depths are unsearchable. You can go as deep as you want to right now. It's all up to you. It's, it's a matter of how much you're willing to give up or not. It's a matter of how deep you really want to go. Because there are no limits in the Holy Ghost. There's no limits to what God can do in this place right now. There's no limits. There's no limits. Take the limits off of God. Take the limits off of God. And believe that God will do what He said He would do. Believe that God will do what you need Him to do right now in Jesus' name.
Hallelujah. Can we lift our hands all over the room right now and just entertain the presence of the Lord for just a moment longer? Let the gifts of the Spirit flow in the room right now. I feel there's a prophetic anointing in this house right now. Come on, let God work on you. Let Him do the work right now. the Holy Ghost for the first time tonight. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost for the first time with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, if you spoke another language that you didn't understand, would you lift your hands if you don't mind? We want to see that you received the Holy Ghost tonight. We've got one. Come on, lift your hands if you spoke in another language tonight for the first time. We've got one, two. I think we got more than that. we got three. Hallelujah. I believe we have some more than that too that we've seen. Praise the Lord for all the people that received the Holy Ghost tonight. Come on, heavens rejoicing. Why don't we rejoice with heaven right now? We're filling some people with the Holy Ghost. For the Bible says, except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. But thank God there's been people filled with the Spirit tonight. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. And I want you to know tonight that if you've been sick in the Holy Ghost and you still ain't got it, you can have it tonight. You can get it real quick. It's easy. All you have to do is surrender to God and believe He'll fill you, and He will. That's it. That's it. If you'll surrender to God, repent of your sins, and believe He, he wants to give it to you, He'll fill you with the Holy Ghost tonight. If you've never been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible commands us. It says, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Maybe you haven't received the Holy Ghost yet because you haven't been baptized yet. Sometimes that act of baptism is the next step to, to receiving the Holy Ghost. Sometimes you get the Holy Ghost before, but we need both. And if you've never been baptized, 
In Jesus' name, I encourage you tonight. The water's ready. We've got clothes for you. And we've got ministers that are ready to, to baptize you in the name of Jesus. And the Bible says that when you go down in the name of Jesus and you, and you go in the water, you put on Christ and you come up a new creature. God wants to make somebody a new creature tonight in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Can we lift our hands one more time? We've still got people praying for the Holy Ghost. Can we lift our hands one more time and speak faith into the atmosphere before we close? Father, right now we pray that whoever is needing the Holy Ghost, whoever is still needing a healing, whoever is still needing a deliverance, let it fall fresh on them now. Let anointing fall from heaven now. Let glory fall from heaven now. In Jesus' name, I speak breakthrough. I speak deliverance. I pray the Holy Ghost flow freely now. In Jesus' name, I rebuke every hindrance. I rebuke all doubt. And I speak nothing but faith. Let faith flow in the room. We believe, God, that you will do it now. We believe, God, that it is done now. In Jesus' name. That's right. Clap your hands a little bit longer. Clap your hands a little bit louder. Lift your voice a little bit louder. Shout unto God with the voice of triumph. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost flow. In Jesus' name, I say unto that well, spring up, O well. And let rivers of living water flow now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's clap our hands one more time. And shout hallelujah unto the Lord right now. Come on, shout hallelujah unto the Lord right now. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank you for coming out tonight. And last night, what a wonderful time in the Lord we've had. And we're believing that tomorrow here at Bethlehem, we're going to continue to have a revival. But not only here at Bethlehem, but everywhere you represent, whatever church you represent, we're believing that you're going to bring this revival spirit right back at home. And you're going to have revival tomorrow in Jesus' name. And I'm believing that all of our churches, we're going to see greater things tomorrow. We're going to see greater miracles tomorrow. We're going to see more filled with the Holy Ghost tomorrow. We're going to see more baptized tomorrow. Come on. Do you believe it with me? Let's stand to our feet and give the Lord praise tonight. Thank you, Jesus, for everything you've done. Come on, let's, let's end this thing in prayer and praise. Thank you, Father, for everything you've done. Thank you, God, for moving so mightily. Thank you, God, for every life you've changed. Thank you for every soul you fill with the Holy Ghost. Thank you, God, for every breakthrough that happened, for every deliverance, for every healing, for every life change. God, we love you. We praise you. We worship you tonight in Jesus' name. Everyone shout amen. Amen. You may be dismissed tonight in the name of Jesus. Shake, your, your, your hand, shake somebody's hand tonight and shake your own hand is what it sounded like I was about to say. But shake somebody's hand tonight and make them feel welcome. We thank you for coming out. Jesus name.